Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Juvenalia. I'm Alan McGuire. With me today is the author and writer. Are they separate things? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sarah Maria Griffin. Hello. Who had an announcement? I do. Do you want to tell us that? I do. Put it, I on, get put it on record. It yeah. yeah, put it on record. Uh, Titan Books acquired my novel, Spare and Found Parts. I'm doing talking to you quietly because I'm really nervous. Um, Titan Books uh, acquired Spare and Found Parts, my novel that came out in America last year. And uh, it's coming out here in 2018 uh, with a science fiction publisher that I'm frankly obsessed with because they publish like... Neil Gaiman and Charlie Jane Anders and Victoria Schwab like they publish people who are stone cold ballers and I'm very lucky and now to you're be. one and now I'm one of them dear to Sullivan <laughs> our very special guest who is here with us today the author of Needlework which was incredible you yeah. definitely read Needlework and, and the upcoming and the Prim and Proper tri- tri- Trilogy yes uh, which are uh, both hilarious and uh, slightly devastating and mm-hmm. I'm 10 out of 10 recommend and the forthcoming piece of uh, fiction uh, the collection of short stories, which are retellings of fairy tales, um, like dark ass, badass, like you don't know where they're coming from. I've seen them, lol. And you haven't, listeners. I have uh, called Tangleweed and Brian, which is coming this autumn from Little Island Press. And everyone is pumped. It's so exciting. <laughs> so welcome. Oh, thanks Hello. for having me. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us what you're going to talk to us about. I'm going to talk to you guys about The Little Mermaid. So the story and also the kind of, um, first of all, the Hans Christian Andersen version, the Ladybird Classics version of the Hans Christian Andersen version, and then the Disney cartoon. The progression of the mermaid. Okay, so first tell of all, with what ages you experience each of those at? Um, so the Little Mermaid, the story, I would say kind of possibly three or four. Like I read very early. I talked at like six months. Really? Yeah. So that like first word stuff, not, yeah. you know, not like, hello, which baby, <laughs> but like there's, there's a story about me being like one year old and going into the greengrocers and turning to him and going, there was an explosion in Chernobyl and all the radioactive dust came down from the sky. And he went, get out of my shop. <laughs> <laughs> Obvious changeling leave. <laughs> so I read, like I read early and mm. often, but this was, there's a couple of stories that like kept me up at night. So there's the Nightingale by Oscar Wilde, the one, you know, the really, really heartbreaking one. Then there's The Emperor and the Nightingale. Um, Like, just stories where people, like, love a lot and then get kicked in the face, do you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And The Little Mermaid was one because um, I think it was one of the first times I'd experienced a sad ending. Yeah. Do you know, because particularly with stories of, like, heteronormative love, it's, you know, you, you know, princess gets prince and she makes the sacrifices and she does the things and there's magic involved but you know at the end of it she gets a wedding ring and a castle and all of the happy ever after stuff and with this it wasn't um he chose another princess and she turned into um she was going to turn into sea foam, but instead she like becomes a daughter of the air where she has to do um, voluntary work for hundreds of years to earn a soul and possibly go to heaven. That's like oh. shitty internship. No, it's yeah. horrible. Like, you know, she doesn't even get the shift. Um, mm. Do you know? And, and not a gal was shifted that day. <laughs> yeah. And even at five years old, I knew. <laughs> the devastation. The you know, devastation. the very least she wants the shift. <laughs> <laughs> Someone here should have gone to smooch. I'm yeah. feeling. But um, yeah, it, it really, really bothered me. Um, which is why I think like the Ladybird Classics one as well was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she had like kind of curly, curly blonde hair and kind of pink skin. And she was like very often like depicted with her eyes cast down, lo- you know, looking away from people and looking away from things. And as a child that like loved stories and loved books kind of more than people. And I'm that kind of adult still, um, you know, like it really appealed to me. Yeah. And then and then we got a video machine. 
Oh, <laughs> blessed arrival into yeah. every Irish 90s child home. Yeah, yeah, it was like The Little Mermaid was the first video that we bought. Like I nagged my parents. We rented it from Extravision. I watched it like five times in a row. I cried when we gave it back. Mm. And then eventually I got it like um, and it was brilliant. And rewatching it again, like I'm, I realized what impact it's had on me, do you know, um, like vegetarian. Talking fish. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You've seen my house, the way I decorate. It's fab. Yeah. It's also Mermaid Cave. Oh, it like I have gadgets and gizmos aplenty. <laughs> Who's its and what's its galore? Yeah. You want thingamabob, Sarah? She got like 20. <laughs> oh. oh, but who cares? Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I want more. <laughs> oh, there's definitely going to be something at some point. Yeah. yeah. We haven't, yeah. I think there's the, we're going to have to have, get to the bangers later because mm. there are some serious ones. So yeah, it really, it really carried from your childhood into the way that you live as an adult, which is gorgeous. Yeah, and yeah. like with, um, in terms of like my, I've rewritten The Little Mermaid like a lot of times. Um, my There's several mermaid stories in Tanglewood and Brian. Um, no, there's one. Oh, there's Yeah, several there's one, but I wrote six. Ones. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, that's it, yeah. So I was told I could pick one mermaid. Yeah. Um, so maybe like, you know, I could have a... Have many yeah. mermaids. Mermanies. Yeah, so there are Mermani living on my laptop at the moment, mm. um, which is great. And one of them is out in Silver Streams this week, which is nice. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Silver Stream uh, Magazine? Yeah. There you go. Book Volume book. one. Ah. Um, but like my MA play had the Little Mermaid roped through it. Um, what was it about? It was about a girl who was in her room by herself and there was a ghost haunting her. Um, and then like people were coming in and trying to get her to like join the world, but she couldn't. Mm. Mm. And the story of the Little Mermaid was kind of like the brutality of it, like cutting out her tongue and the fact that like when she danced. Feet burned. Yeah. Her it's feet. Glass. It was like being on broken glass That's and she was so graceful. Like all of her self-expression was taken from her. Mm. And just that kind of, that sense of pain, like. Hope and pain is very much the Little Mermaid, and like, and where they intersect and miss each other, and like all of the stuff I write really is about hope and pain. Mm. Do you know? Well, they're the, mm. the two great narratives that mm. pull us all and unite us all are hope and pain. Yeah, and regardless of who's positioned where in the world or what kind of body you inhabit, those are the two most likely things you will encounter. Yeah, oh, the great universal themes, and the often the most difficult ones. But the Little Mermaid does encapsulate them both. And I think what makes it such a, especially having seen it at a young age, at a young age, like I, I would have seen it very young as well. Like, and again, it sticks with you yes. in that because it is a very brutal story about pain. Yeah. Even the fucking Disney musical. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, like that scene, it's like a, something out of Hostel, like um, <laughs> where Sebastian's in the thing, um, in the kitchen with the French chef, Louis, um, who oh. is who is actually played by an actual Frenchman? Ah, I don't know really? why I said actually twice. Can you believe a Frenchman? <laughs> well, like, they could have got a French one. actor. They could have gotten even one for Beauty and the Beast. Come but on, it, yeah, yeah, but it's so like his accent is so pantomime, and yeah. when he sings mm. Le Poisson, you know that's. Mm. I I assumed it was an American doing an accent, but I assumed wrong. It was um, authentic. authentic. Yeah, it's the Frenchiest French you ever Frenched. Um, boys. Like Sebastian sees all of the fish, like bigger fish, smaller fish, stuffed and gutted and carved up. And of course he's horrified. Yeah, mm. those are his people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you know, yeah. And, and it's played for laughs, but, um, it, you know. It, it turned you sharp vegetarian. Like, I, won't, I will stuff you with bread. It won't hurt because you're dead, but you're certainly lucky you are. Yikes. Do you know, like. Yeah. <sighs> ugh. Oh, man. Well, that is mm. enough to make a child a vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, the, the bit at the very start when they're they've caught all the fish and that oh. one fish escapes, and yeah. then the, I, what I really liked in the film was how they switch from like land people to sea people by the fish exhaling. Yeah, and you're like, oh, we're into their idiom now because mm. the fish the fish aren't exhaling and having personalities on on the ship. Yeah, and then he lands and he's still a fish and then he exhales and then all the fish have personalities now. Yeah, oh, and That's, that and moment. And obviously, because all his friends have died, yeah. he's probably there as well, but. Oh, it's up there yeah. with, you know, the bit in, um, is it Toy Story 3, where they all, like, accept their death? Yeah. Do you know? Mm. That was unnecessarily dark, and I am still not okay, so let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, it's the acknowledgement of mortality in tiny visual nuance, basically, yeah. mm. which is what uh, Disney generally excels at when it's not breaking around. Um, those moments where you transition from a uh, 
from one world into another with as much as an illustration of a breath. Mm. Like he was a fish and now he's a survivor. There's regret, there's relief, <laughs> yeah. you know. And never, and never a California roll was eaten. That was it. <laughs> it was over. That's amazing. And, and you see, I, that would have never occurred to me as a kid at all. But it's amazing where your empathy, where the compass of your empathy lands when you're that young, yeah. mm. you know. It was all the, the devastation of, of leaving your family that I always found very hard about it. Yeah, and we never see that fish again. Oh my God. He just disappears back he into disappears the He disappears because yeah. obviously like his narrative isn't going to be the one. No. We yeah. know he's going to be getting fish therapy. And yeah, it probably just takes a bit of getting over. Yeah. yeah. He's, going to be, he's like a background character. He's like an Easter egg in Finding Nemo. Like mm. he's still out there, mm. still flipping around, still thinking. Yeah. I shouldn't be laughing at it. It was actually very sad. But, uh, so when did you become a vegetarian? Um, I became a vegetarian, um, God, 13 years ago. Okay. So not when I was little. When I was little, I tried to be, but um, mm. my mum was not making two dinners. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you have outlogged me, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't think there's an answer for that. For, you know, surely a child could never make their own dinner. Um, <laughs> what is this, a Disney film? Yeah. No. <laughs> But like I did want to like it's and it is the animals thing. You know, yeah. I kind of always said if I'm ever hungry enough that I will kill an animal with my bare hands, then I will eat that animal. That's fine. And I can see myself being that hungry. Do you know, I like food, mm-hmm. but it's just never happened. I've been very lucky. We live in a city. Yeah. <laughs> There's not many of them around. <laughs> Occasional foxes in the night. Um, you know, domestic cats, dogs. Don't want to do anything to them. They're lovely. Mm. Uh, so were you aware when you had... That, like had read the fairy tale and the Ladybird classic that it was the same story. Do you know what I mean? Were, were oh yeah. You, the first time you saw it, were you like, I know this story? Yes, and that's why I like the ending is problematic, seen as an adult. But I loved it as a child mm. because it, you know, she, the right thing happened. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Mm. She did. She did the stuff, and she got the thing, and it made sense. Do you know? She got rewarded. She wasn't punished for. This. Yeah. Yeah. She actually doesn't do a whole lot, though. She's quite passive. Alice in Wonderland style. Everything's yeah. happening. Like, the only thing she actively does is sign the contract and everything else just happens to her. Ugh, Which, she rescues Eric as well. Well, she... Yeah. Uh, see, she curates, like... She's like a museum curator. Mm. You know, she's, like, collecting stuff. She's going to primary and secondary sources to find out. Like, she's going up to Scuttle, ably paid by nightclub comic Buddy Hackett. Um, <laughs> Specific details. And... Like, I mean, he doesn't know what he's at, but she doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like really like the curiosity and the scientific passion that she has. Like, it's not traditionally feminine. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. And she is the only one of her sisters who isn't bothered with like, what what was that concert at the beginning? Do you know, just like singing to honor their dad or something? It was it's a like, debutante ball for Ariel pretty much. Yeah. Like they were like unveiling her to the kingdom yeah, yeah and she's just not bothered with that she's like mm. I don't want to do your stuff I want to go do my you know academic pursuits mm, you know true. she's like she's an intellectual adventurer oh you know? that's a lovely way of looking at her yeah that's a really interesting way of looking mm. at it but she's Jesus. a lot like Belle I suppose because they were within two years of each other yeah again um, just not like the people around her at all the and way she, Belle wasn't that's yeah. it like mm. she's She's different and all of her sisters, like they have very, very similar faces. They have different colour tails. Mm. But um I'm giving them a quick a quick Google so I can have a I see were they named? Yes, they were all um they all had A names. There's Alana Let's have a look. Um Ad- Adrina. Oh, I'm ready. Aquata, Adrina, Arista, Atina, Adela, Alana, and Ariel. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And their tails are the colours of the rainbow. They are. There's a really good picture, the first picture that comes up, they all look really horrified by something and I feel like it's probably Ariel's, Oh yeah, mm. like, uh, pursuits. What do you mean you didn't want to pop out of a clan? <laughs> you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, so her, her rebellion is interesting because it's funny how, again, as time passes and, and experiencing this stuff again as an adult, where it, it is quite, like, it can, to adult eyes, appear very, like, diminutive and traditional and passive and patriarchal, that Ariel is effectively a rebel. But she doesn't mm-hmm. look like a rebel or feel like a rebel. She's like a, a Disney sweetheart who is pursuing a prince. But she also is a, she breaks free. Yeah, but before she was in love with Eric, she was in love with where he came from. Oh. Mm. Do you know, yeah. she was in love with the earth and the land. Yeah. Um, And she did want that. Like she wanted to be where the people were. She wanted to have legs. She yeah. wanted that body. You know, like it's a journey towards, you know, Personal. prince and princess love. But it's also... You know, 
the world that he comes from. Yeah, that's the shape she wanted to be from very early on in the film. Hmm. So like that that's the thing where it lands in this in the middle of, of critique where in some ways you could be like, mm. so you were real excited about all this stuff until you met a prince. Like, but also it it does it there's something else underneath that. Like there is a rebellion and like a, a ferocity underneath that yeah. for her. Like No, there is, like, and I mean it does end with a sixteen year old getting married. Oh ah, yeah, but you're all good stories too, don't you? Oh. <laughs> Gold, you know. <laughs> um and her bar- and the and meeting Ursula is a big thing for her, obviously then as well, mm. and like the corruption that comes with uh, that encounter. Yeah, and Ursula has eyeshadow and lipstick and like eyebrows for days. Yeah, yeah. So we talk about Ursula for a bit. How does Ursula manifest in the storytell the 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 original, the Ladybird? And how different is that from how um, the sea witch isn't um, now in illustrations? She's obviously a witch, so she's drawn in quite a malign manner. Mm. But she's kind of a neutral character right. in the story. Um, she explains the choice to Ariel. Er, well, er, like it's she's called a little mermaid in. She doesn't have any. Yeah, yeah. she's unnamed. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to keep saying Ariel because she's Ariel in my head. <laughs> right. Um, but she explains the choice to her and. Like the Little Mermaid makes it. Yeah, she actually mm. does have agency. And yeah. then she also, at the end, allows the sisters to give her a way out. Oh. So they sell all their hair and they say, if you stab the prince to death and his blood falls on your feet, you can come back and you can be a mermaid again. And she rejects that and throws herself into the ocean instead because oh, she I loves him too much. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, shave your head, stab the dude, step in the water. Sounds great. Yeah, no, that's what happens in, in my, my Little Mermaid story in Tangleweed and Brian. She yeah. just guts him and she's like, under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> she makes them right cool. Mm. But yeah, the, the way that those characters have left those stories and become cultural icons as well are really interesting. Like, specifically Ursula, like, and her design, uh, kind of at this point, famously uh, was based on divine which is super subversive and kind of astonishing when you think about how purist and conservative disney is that this iconic villain Mm. is based on one of the what was it the the the, i think john waters called her the most disgusting person alive wasn't that wasn't that was what Pink pink flamingos was about yes this pursuit for like true abject who was iconic in a way that you kind of don't really get him anymore Mm. And the idea that like a Disney villain, you know, mm. is based on visually based on the 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 a, a drag queen mm. uh, is kind of when you think about the time that that would have happened in, it's quite shocking, but also like wonderful. Like, yeah. But it's mm. uh, it's kind of astounding, and I think it plays really heavily into the like if you were if you were to look at Little Mermaid from a from a body analysis point of view, which you kind of can't really help at this point in your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating as well that Ursula is a true her 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 presentation is like truly subversive you know like yeah. not only is she leading uh, a coaxing Ariel out of her society and into another one and then pulling a really sly fast one on her in the process yeah. uh, there's also a chat to be had about fatness and gender and the body and uh, yeah. moving from uh, the a body like it moving out of a body into another body, like changing yourself and an agency. But is there a corruption in that agency? Like, where's that angle? You yeah, know? and that sense of um, like you know the tearing sound Ugh. when her tail splits yeah. and her legs mm. open. Do you know that's like visceral? Yeah, yeah. And literally, it's you know it's instantaneous, and she switches deep, deep under the ocean, and she has to swim all yeah. the yeah. way up. So it's this is hard, and you won't be able to breathe. You know, off you go. Yeah, yeah. And there's this weird delight that Ursula has where she's like, like just fucking around yeah. every time. Um, oh, and her, just her octopus tail is gorgeous. I know, she's visually iconic. Before we started recording, because we always end up having like a pre-chat before we record, then we have to stop and actually start talking. <laughs> Ursula's uh, my fave because um, makeup's deadly and her song is great. And that's, oh. how, that's a really easy way to win a kid over is have a good song, you know? Yeah. Um, but when I was in Disney uh, for my honeymoon, because um, I'm an adult, I uh, bought this uh, little headpiece. So when you go to Disney, one of the things that they do, they one of the things for sale, not, there's not a lot of stuff for sale because to mm. be honest, you're going to pay the ticket price and then you're like, cool, now I'm in a different world. Everything's handled. I got a headband that was Minnie Mouse ears, mm-hmm. but they weren't Minnie Mouse ears. 
they were fucking black with fucking tentacles they were <gasps> ursula and they're yes. my favorite thing i own i also oh have a God. small ursula like um i got her um in like a thrift store but she's a barbie on top she's not like a barbie barbie um. she's an ursula and then has like a soft belly and soft tentacles but she's full size she's not like she's not like slinked ursula she's mm. ursula and it's mm. amazing i love her she's on my desk she's uh. my girl she's there corrupting things all the way she's brilliant and uh, you really haven't seen bodies like Ursula's bodies in Disney films since. No. No, not really. And at, even at all. The, yeah. yeah. Like the other villains, say, who are, you know, kind of um, like. Maleficent. Yeah, Maleficent. Um, Jafar. Jafar. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. all angular. Hades, yeah. Mm. They're all weirdly queered or uh, like British. Or like there's a there's always a racial undertone I feel mm. with them. There's a, there's a there's always an, an othering. There's something disquieting in their their development and performance every time. But none of them are as vis- are as subversive visually mm. as Ursula. Yeah, and we haven't had anything like that since. On the Disney cruise, um, they have original shows, and one of them is called Villains Tonight, where <gasps> all Disney villains have to come together and like restore the level of evil in the world. So they all come back and they all get a new song each. Oh my so God. Ursula has this huge big band number and it's incredible. I need to see you. And they have like Yzma doing like an Anna Wintour thing but like electropop. Do you know who does not get enough airtime? It's Yzma. Yzma. Yeah. Jesus, we have to have an Emperor's New Groove round table <laughs> at some point. I fucking love that film. Like I genuinely loved Yzma, man. Yeah. God, she was awful. But like seeing an, an Ursula in real life, like they have like, because it's a Disney production, they have proper like prosthetic, prosthetic o- octopus legs and octopus legs. Things. things. Tentacles. Spirally things. <laughs> yeah. Smoky spirally biz. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but the weird thing is that show wasn't that popular and they've discontinued it. Ah. Oh. They replaced it with Tangled, which is kind of Whatever. fair enough. But yeah, Where people just didn't. Disney res- it was like it was too edgy for people. Because like on, Hades man. was like an in- insult comic, he was like the host of it, oh, and he was like a, he was so an good. insult comic doing it. Oh, but yeah, so just good. people didn't respond as well to the villains, even though the villains are always the most interesting kind of thing in Disney films. Yeah, and even when they're completely fucking reprehensible, they generally do get their just desserts. Oh, like, absolutely, oh, yeah. person totally gets what's coming. Like she roofies Eric, but she gets stabbed by a ship. Yeah. There you go. That's what you get. There's your moral lesson. Yeah. And she is, and again, pathologically, her villain path is so shady and so awful. Like, trans, again, her, the, the body politics of it are so interesting because when she lands, she's like Vanessa, who is slinked again. Mm. Like, there is this weird understanding. Yeah. And there's that moment where Scuttle sees her in the mirror and he's like, You're not a pretty woman. You're, you're oh, a liar. Yeah. Do you know? Um, it's funny how we use makeup to trick men into believing we're beautiful, yeah. isn't it? In um oh in Edinburgh back in medieval times, makeup and high heels were like possibly like no, actually like illegal. Go on. Yeah, you could get like fined or imprisoned because they were trickery. <sighs> Lock me the fuck up. I've, guys. Been, <laughs> I, I've been on a lot of ghost tours. <laughs> trickery is right. Yeah, yeah, trickery and deceit, you know? As we talked a bit about this earlier as well, the natural beauty versus the artificial beauty and the idea that Ursula's, part of Ursula's evil is her artifice. Yeah. In that she's fucking like lipstick and fucking... Manicure. Manicure and like contoured for days and like eyebrows to... She mm. has glue sticked down her normal eyebrows and drawn on <laughs> new ones two inches above. Yeah, and, and she has her white. perfect little um, 1989 seashell earrings that look slightly geometric. Oh. The, 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 her fucking cool short hair like there's there's so much visually interesting about her that also connotes deceit and evil or how, is meant to how do they get moose to work under the ocean <laughs> trickery <laughs> because Curses. they go out of their way to show you putting moose in her hair that's, yeah. that's a choice they made to show show you that yeah so they're like no she, she has moose they want you to yeah. know she has moose but it's enchanted and evil yes Ariel doesn't have to try she was born moose you know, every her hair just floats <laughs> around her the entire time. Um, yeah. You know, like there is. I mean, like, as much as I hate being like, there's this fucking macro uh, thing that goes around the internet where it's like Disney gave us all unrealistic hair goals. It fucking did. Ariel's hair is a lie. That whole that <laughs> that situation that happens, but oh, I'm so irritated by it. But even I, when she comes out of the ocean, it's like poof. instantly dry. Yeah. Perf. That big swoop ass fringe situation. Like these these illustrations have been lying to us all along, man. Her hair is daily. I had a night dress when I was a kid with long purple sleeves, and I went down to my like knees and I had Ariel on the front of it, and it was the only like Disney thing I had. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I fucking wore it to death, man. If I still had that, I would turn it into a cushion. 
like it was a deadly one but it was mostly her hair it was like a woof of her hair you know yeah. it was mm. just unbelievable looking hello my name is Alison Spindle I'm a podcaster podcaster yeah that's the okay that's the one we got it <laughs> hi wait there hi my name is hi hello I don't know why I'm sounding American. Hi, I'm Alison Spittle. This is my actual accent. I present the Alison Spittle Show. You can hear that every Wednesday on the... Every... Not every Wednesday. Don't don't be too keen. You can hear that every second Wednesday on the uh, Headstuff Podcast Network, which you can hear on headstuff.org. Thank you. And her visual design is really interesting. We talked a bit about... Uh, her like her body and her tail but her waist is really interesting as well that like there's this notorious Disney recurring design of a snake waist yeah like Same as Jasmine Ariel um, being able to literally go through a porthole like Flounder who is an actual fish yeah. being fatter than Ariel <laughs> a flounder <laughs> yeah like she has to like shove him through stuff so many times and like instantly at the beginning when they're being chased by the shark they get away from the shark because they're thinner than the shark. Mm. So like, these are all things, like, do we subconsciously pick them up as children? Or are we just yeah. here for the bangers? Another thing about Ariel's outfit is, even though she's like, obviously a woman wearing a bra, her, at her waist, there's a little frill. Oh yeah. So like, she's not naked. They want you to know she's not naked and she's a woman wearing a skirt. Yeah. So there's a little frill around the side or a little like fishy yeah, frill. The little, yeah, the little, they're like extended fins. They're yeah. not there for aerodynamic purposes. Mm. They're like there to appear. So this is a skirt. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's creepy. I dressed up as Ariel for Halloween. Um, when of I course was, you of course did. I fucking did. I'm so predictable. Uh, when I was in college, I'm the worst. Uh, full Ariel, like not even like a little bit Ariel, like full on shell bra made a tail Christina Duff and I made a tail mm-hmm. one night we sat there with loads of bits of fabric and on a on a dressmaker uh, made a tail it was uh, deadly and yeah. I you've journeyed from Ariel to Ursula but look oh, at yeah. your hair now like oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's white yeah. and purple like I went the full way man yeah. there is I am not subtle in my in my local symbolism at all <laughs> um, and there are photographs uh, that have been banned from the internet uh, from that night where I'm like literally just walking around this massive in the pod in Dublin in my fucking aerial but I'm so 22 do you know what I mean but that costume was savage yeah. and I was uh, super confident and super 22 yeah. but uh, it's it's also it's it's iconic as well mm. like purple bra green skirt you, you yes. connote Ariel you connote Ariel like it, she has become like a tarot card yeah. for a certain kind of appearance do you yeah. know like she's moved out of her role her tragic role or her, her heroine role or into a into something else which I think is really, really interesting. She was well. the first like super merch princess mm. as well. That mm. was the first big film because I remember being because like all my friends were boys when, when I like, that was I was five when it came out. Mm. But Ariel was I knew Ariel even though I, had, I only saw the film yesterday for the first time. But like Little Mermaid stuff was everywhere, every shop. Like and it, I'd never seen anything like that before. I, I don't, I don't think any Disney film did do that before. She was the Elsa. Robin she Hood was... didn't do. Loads of they could have, and oh, I would have, I would have had it, but they didn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not a furry. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's actually really interesting. She was mm. really heavily commercialized, and though but there wasn't like a wave of '90s girls called Ariel the way there has been a wave of naughty kids called Elsa. You know, that's true. Actually, yeah, like it didn't. Um... But in in Ireland specifically, it was washing powder, and it's also um, yes, oh, washing powder and sad Greek mythology. Do you oh, know? Oh my mm. god, yeah, and plath. Yeah, yeah. We don't know do that shit. Is there a coincidence? Mm. I don't think Ireland really had that pop culture naming thing until recently enough, like the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. I think that's a rel- like a relatively recent thing for Irish parents. Yeah. You used to be, um, like, you could try, but if it wasn't a saint, you, your child wouldn't get christened. Like, yeah. the priests had veto. That's true. No way. Yeah. Jesus. What? You're like hell fucking supreme at this point. You know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. You have eight names that you're allowed to pick from. <laughs> yeah. And they're you're... all Mary. They're all Mary. <laughs> Mary, one... Moira, Mary. Yeah. Imelda, maybe. Yeah. But you have to be very confident. Mm. Do you know? Like it's a uh... oh, it's, it's 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 strange. Ariel's actually a very beautiful name. So Ursula I actually went to school with a girl called Ursula. Oh, and Ursula I just thought it was the coolest name mm. ever. I've only ever known one. And it's always gonna be her. Like mm. what an amazing name to have growing up. Like what a badass name, you know? But uh, again, yeah, naming traditions have changed since. Mm. 
What do you think about the remake that's coming? What are you feeling? I'm interested. Yeah, you're ready. Um, because I, I really enjoyed the Beauty and the Beast remake and I wasn't expecting to. Can we talk about it? Yes, of course we can <laughs> talk about it. Can we? Have you seen it, Alan? No, not yet, but go ahead. I'll what see do it. you think? <laughs> no, I um, like I watched it as a child who loved Beauty and the oh, Beast. Oh, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? like, yeah, um, yeah. So I cried. I, you know, kind of nudge Jeremy in the elbows an awful lot like yeah, to the point yeah. where he's almost bruised or not the elbows the ribs with my elbow I love that story like yeah. I really really do and I love the first film and I love the fucking stage show which is like a total mm. underrated mm. experience if you're ever in see, London see I, I've, I've seen I saw it on Broadway and I was meh I saw it in the West End and it was amazing mm. and I ah. definitely think there's a difference between British casts and American casts and mm. vocalisation specifically and I know this because after I made Kerry come to see Beauty and the Beast with me at a half nine show when I'd been like let's go um, I sat down with the three different versions of Gaston because there is a very clear uh, triumph there's, yeah. a, clearly, there's clearly mm. a best Gaston and I was like will I use the American one for this or will I use the West End and it's 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 better the, the West End yeah. one is it's better there's a vocal style thing and yeah. I think what I didn't like about uh, Beauty and the Beast was the singing. Mm. It was bad. Yeah. And I I wouldn't have a very sensitive ear and I listen to a lot of music mm. but I feel like I can sense auto-tune. Yeah. And it does something to my body mm. and I'm like oh it's ruined. It's mm. ruined. See I'm probably even less sensitive than you because for me to enjoy a song all it takes is I know this. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Like um and God, we know them so well. Yeah, like, mm. do you know, which there was gets me through teaching. Like I'm like, oh, twinkle, twinkle, little star, banger. <laughs> but the, uh, the there was a lovely uh, audio. Uh, like what I am excited about in the new Little Mermaid mm. is that they're gonna we're gonna get all those bangers again, right? We're gonna yeah. get all the tunes yeah. back and probably like have fucking Lin Manuel Miranda legging around doing it. So I'm sold. <gasps> I'm sold to death, right? Mm. But uh, I will say that I really enjoyed imbuing the beast uh, during Be Our Guests, which like, again, I'm Ewan McGregor to the end of time. Mm. But like, that was poor show. Oh, yeah. It was like right. lame. Like you lost an opportunity to make the candlestick sexy. Mm. And you didn't. You didn't. You just made him a weird uncanny valley thing. I was mm. so, I was really creeped out by it visually. Mm. Yeah. Um, but there's a beautiful audio audio reference Ooh, in it. That Guillaume Canet would have been an amazing candlestick. Oh, could you imagine? There was so many options. There's this moment in Be Our Guest where he's like, uh, the line culinary cabaret, if you listen back to this listeners, trust that it made my life. It was about two seconds of audio and they used a very specific riff from Welcome and Bienvenue, Welcome mm. from Cabaret, the musical. Mm. And there was this tiny audio tick where they did the the same um, riff from that. Beef ragu, cheese souffle, pie and pudding, old flambe. We'll prepare ourselves with flair of culinary cabaret. You're alone and you're scared, but the banquet's all prepared. And I'm really hoping The Little Mermaid is shows its time and like uh, can the, 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 when we hear when we get to hear the songs again we get to hear them bigger mm. and more different and I hope yeah. we get people who can fucking sing this time that's what I hope yeah. like don't auto-tune people don't do it just get mm. good singers but just or even like I don't think there's anything wrong with an okay singer yeah. do you know if they're acting the hell out of it yeah yeah do you know but don't like don't put sprinkles on it that weird, like it's like a metallic edge, nearly. That's re- mm. I can't really describe, but you know what I mean. I know, I know. Just, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. and it's and Emma Watson did it proficient. So that, was, that was fine, thank you. Yeah. Um, but the songs that she ha- she gets to sing in that story. Yeah. Ah, but like I also I hope that they make it a damn sight more diverse. Do you know? This is true. This is true. You know? Yeah. Like, um, and they 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 hopefully will with with Mermaid. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, cause for, uh like movie that's about racism like King Triton as well as being an abusive parent despite himself because patriarchy yes. like mm-hmm. you know when people aren't looking at him he's very sad and very tender and very mm. soft oh and the so, masculinity crisis is so real. excited when he thinks that his little girl is in love for the first time mm. like he's he's looking at flowers and going who's the lucky <laughs> merman mm. you know but then once he's on he has to be angry and cruel and abusive and oh it's horrible um not all mermen. Not all yeah. mermen. Not all King Tritons. Carlan, uh, my wife, for those who don't know, said Triton is hotter than Eric. Is that a common opinion? Controversial. Yeah. Have you seen Young Triton? No. Are we doing this? Getting the phones out. Listeners. The beard is red. 
Is this, ah, new, is this a new film? There is. Oh no, there's three. Like there's three Little Mermaid films. Oh, it's a sequel. Um, oh, yeah, because yeah, she has yeah. like a kid and stuff. Yeah, and like the other two don't disregard them. But They're you know, canon. Yeah. But Young Triton is worth a look. Young King Triton. She said. I spell. I spelt it like the, the chewing gum. Well, Sarah's in that. Oh I've shit! A, oh okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They did the thing to him there. Like, like he's like a lumberjack. He's like a big lumberjack. Oh yeah. Off the seas. He's like um Zeus. Yeah. 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 Oh, Zeus. Five, mm. Mm. We gotta have a Hercules. Yeah, no, they they read they put a lot of effort into uh, Triton's back muscles. I noticed. (laughs) That is very specific. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like he's Triangle Man. Yeah. And the thing is, they seem to hate humans because humans eat fish, right? Mm. But what about that shark in the first scene? Like they eat fish under the sea, and I, I'm sorry, but look at King Triton's guns. Like he's eating, he's getting protein from somewhere. Yeah, you know, (laughs) he gets most of the seaweed. Yeah. 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 Like sneaking in a little bit of salmon. Do you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell anybody whatever. Um, where, are your, where are your dolphin steeds? Oh, what dolphin steeds? <laughs> Eat the poor, Flats, whatever. Flats. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. You know, he's... um, Yeah, masculinity crisis is definitely happening under the mm-hmm. sea for sure. So maybe the, maybe when we see it again, it'll be interesting. We might we might have an, we might have an appearance by Ariel's mother. Who knows? Like there's always an absent parent in Disney yeah, or two no, absent parents. Um, her backstory, which is like, you know, obviously retcon like much later on mm-hmm. is that her name was Athena mm-hmm. and her and King Triton were like super in love and Aww. he used to give her stuff and then a pirate ship comes and they're all above the ocean like, you know, swapping gifts and all the like little princesses are playing and a big pirate ship comes and he has eight little princesses to save so he goes for her but one of them is left behind and she pulls her out and then she sees a jewellery box that Triton has given her. She goes to get it and she gets Killed that's, by a ship, squished by a ship. That's gross and sad. Yeah. Mm. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. And that's why he, hate, he hates humans. And jewellery. Yeah. And gadgets and gizmos. Fuck yeah. your gadgets. Fuck your gizmos. Gadgets and gizmos. Kill yeah. Mm. And she had red hair like Ariel. Oh. Well, the true him. That, kind of, that covers all the bases then of <laughs> yeah. all his motivations. Yeah, no, yeah. it's like, it's, it's we like specifically yeah. made a list. <laughs> yeah. Contextualise his pain. That's yeah. a, like, this is important. And in the musical, um, Ursula was his sister. No. Oh, yeah! I think I remember hearing that. Yeah, mm. yeah, that she's yeah. Just one of the one of the gals. She has the Nautilus shell, and he has the trident. Um, which is why Ariel, do you not know what a fork is? Your father has one, <laughs> a really big, a massive one. You know, that he like, carries. Oh yeah, no, it's not a trident. It has four tines. It's obviously a dingle hopper. Um, <laughs> nice, nice words there, yeah. Ariel. <laughs> Cheers. But um. Yeah, so they used to rule the ocean together and then they had a big thing because Ursula wasn't very good at ruling the ocean, you know, because she really liked... makeup though. Yeah, because yeah. she loved power and contouring. Oh, um... I love power and contouring. Oh! <laughs> if you're true, Ursula. Yes. <laughs> Work. But yeah, that's a... I definitely feel like I've heard that version of the story because there always seems to be like a... Because of like royal families and fucking... Yeah, I know, and it does make sense. But then equally, when like a piece of art that's made afterwards is like... But you see, the reason that this thing happened is because the thing. Ah, Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Can't can't she just be beautiful and evil? Can't we all? Is that (laughs) that not all we want, really? I Um, don't know. And I think it's interesting as well, her costume, because everyone else gets a seashell bra. No, no, Mm. not her. her Like, it's beautiful and I love it. And that's what I'd want if I was... I feel like I wear it every second day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know? um, But... uh, we're both wearing all black. Yeah, I know. Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> not joking, even a little. Boy, what do you think of what Ursa does to people when they break her contract? That turns them into little weedy, scrawny, horrific, like eraserhead babies, almost. I think it's terrifying. Yeah. But I have, if I could rewrite The Little Mermaid mm. for Ursa's intro, do you know she's eating living prawns and they're really scared? Yeah. I'd have her eating them. Oh, I'd love uh, that. Do you know? Because oh, yes. like, this is serious. Yeah, she's not playing. Like, yeah. she's, she's actually hardcore. Like, um, I think it's scary what she does to people, but it's also like, like, she's, she's literally evil. Like, she's allowed to be bad. Like, I think it's worse. the darkest Disney film, to be honest. Yeah. Between that and what, the actual, what actually happens to Ariel at the end, mm. where she just leave her entire family. Oh, but, Goodbye forever. But what yeah. happens to Ursula? Like, her, like, all of the bits of her, like, her viscera literally trickle yeah. down in the ocean. Mm. Um, ugh. but when she you know that poor unfortunate soul songs as well yeah. also a banger where mm-hmm. she's like like the first example that she gives of why someone would give up their soul is she wants to be thinner mm. yep so she's she's had those chats you know with many a, with many a person with many a weird little razor head mm. baby yeah yeah it's, oh 
It's, it's she's like, I reject that. I just want souls. Yeah, mm. I want souls and makeup. What are you <laughs> talking about? I just thought of another uh, Disney villain who is, has an unusual body. Uh, not an unusual body by human standards, but an unusual body by um, Disney standards. Madame Mim from Sword in the Stone. <gasps> yes! Who's also goals. Oh, I did it again. I'm so sorry. I am trying really hard not to bang the table with excitement. And I think, doesn't Madame Mim assume the body of someone beautiful as well at, at some point? For a verse of a song, she does. Yes. And then she descends back into, but I'm an ugly old creep. And yeah. it's like, yes, queen. You know what's where the opposite happens in Snow White? Where the witch uglifies herself to gain her trust. Whoa, that you're not yeah. you're not suspicious of yeah. somebody uh, who is not, whoa, that she mm. disempowers herself yeah. by becoming less beautiful. Because mm. that's all Snow White. Snow White is all about that. Yeah. It's about like punishing people for being attractive and sending them off into servitude and like it's really yeah oh well it's it's about an older person blaming a younger person for the patriarchy whoa yeah it's your fault yeah i'm gonna say the patriarchy so much (laughs) oh look there's borderline um juvenile bingo where it's like gender is a construct what is gender we've done queer subtext queer subtext yes Mm -hmm. um oh yeah it's the, the don't worry patriarchy comes up here every five minutes great Right, that's what we're all here for, deconstructing it, smashing it. But like the fear of getting old, like she can't blame the king because he's a king. Oh yeah. You know, who can she blame? Someone who'll show her up by being young and fresh and beautiful. And she is playing, she is playing even further into the disempowerment of of age and and power of beauty by becoming an old. Like she's, Mm. she's, she's doing all this shit herself. It's like you're literally a witch, you'll be fine. Mm. Do you know? And Mad Madame Mims, her power, like when she has her big magic off with Merlin, which is still good, still holds the test of time. By the way, there is no major narrative in The Swords and Stone. If you go back and watch it, it's very short. And mm. just like, here is a thing that happened. It's almost like Miyazaki-esque in its la- lack of dramatic tension. It's, mm. it's, it's a chill voyage through uh, Arthurian times. Um, oh, that and sounds really nice. Much nicer than like Guy Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit nicer. I assume it'll be many things. Like I'm looking forward to it, but I don't think it's going to be chill. No, you it's know? definitely not going to be I, did, I, I saw a very long trailer for it before Fast and Furious 8, which also is, has no chill. <laughs> King Arthur seems to have no chill whatsoever. It just seems to be people flinging stuff from catapults at each other for about two hours. Nah, man. Where's Madame Mim? There's like a 20-minute squirrel sequence. There is like Madame Mim. There's like a cool pissy owl. Then he gets to be the king. That's it. Like it's just without tension. There's a few little blips along the way, but by and large... He's gonna pull the thing out of the stone, and we're all, we're all yeah. we know yeah. we know what happened. But Madame Mim's main power is transformation, and she turns into a dragon and a fucking massive cat and a sexy lady for a minute, and like she, her, but she always returns to this regular form because she weirdly enough understands it as part of her power mm. that she's hideous and a loner, and she's like mm. fuck yous. Like there is a there is a a, a weird. Um, knowledge like a like a, a deception where, where she's just like oh you think I'm like this nah I'm actually a monster fuck you and there's a mm. there's something to be had in that I think but she's the only time and she's like real secondary Disney character yeah, period she's not like, like she is yeah. not on the fucking cosplay list you know what I mean mm. but Ursula as someone who is maybe maybe she has remained iconic because of that yeah but like Ursula has glamour like yeah. Madame Mim has a lot of stuff but she doesn't have glamour. Yeah, that's true. Whereas, Which is like going back to the drag queen thing. Of, going back to divine. You know, yeah. Like divine was a lot, like divine was glamorous. Oh my God, was just, yeah, caked. Yeah. Caked. Um, so part of that legacy is, 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 it's such a weird legacy to end up with. Do you know what I mean? Mm. To have a Disney character based on mm. it. Like that's deadly. Oh, like, and such a, and such a horrible one. Who, 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 who does perform the extremes of, of badness? Like who is yeah. like, the fucking worst. I like when she turns into Vanessa and she's like, what will I put? A butterfly in a bottle, do you know, flower. <laughs> Set it all on fire. <laughs> I'm pretty now. And she is very, and she's sexy as yeah. well. That's the other thing. Vanessa is like dark haired, fucking like pale ass skin. Like she is like a very t- typicized Western sexy lady. Oh, her face mm. is very similar to Ariel's sister's. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And she's got that, got that snake in. Yeah. You know, like she's trying to be you know, any more like Ariel at home. That's Vanessa. Yeah, there's there, there's a, a, a visual visual similarity between them all right. But it's a, uh, yeah, there's there's just so much in it, man. Do you know mm. what I mean? It just keeps, it's a, mm. it's the gift that keeps giving. Like. So you said when you saw it for the first time, you kind of were relieved at the ending because you knew the horrible, yeah. horrible original. So now, how do you feel? 
Um, well, I still prefer it to, you know, every time a child is bad, there's a year and a half added to um, a real sentence in like space purgatory. Um, and every time a child is good, you know, there's a day taken off or Dude, something. Dude, I never heard that version and that's no. fucking devastating. Oh, it's... <laughs> Turns page of magical book. Because <laughs> that's not the kind of thing that a child will take into account because he can barely get into good for Santa Claus and that directly benefits them. So yeah, Ariel person. is so sad right now. Yeah. <laughs> In 300 years, I will rise like this into the heavenly kingdom beyond the stars, she thought. Space angel. Perhaps it will be sooner, whispered the air spirits. For every day that we meet a good loving child, a year is taken away. But for every naughty child, each tear of sorrow that we shed adds another day. Those guys are assholes. Mm-hmm. This is like elf on the shelf to the extreme. Yeah. Like the air spirits are watching and you know that cool mermaid that you liked? Now you're letting her down. Yeah. You're letting her down. Now it was tacked on like in a couple of drafts in my hands, Christian Anderson, but he loved that ending. Really? Yeah. That's bleak. Mm. It's like, well done, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he would have made of what Disney did. He was very bleak. And when he was writing it, um, he was in love with someone else and she was going to marry someone else. Um, he was in love with someone else, of course. Like of course he, he wasn't in love with himself. He had low self-esteem. Aww, <laughs> Bless you, Hans. Poor, poor Hans. Um, boy, he um, wrote a letter to her that he didn't send. And it was like, I want to tell you that I love you, but I have no voice. And that thing of being passionately, passionately in love, but being voiceless. Yeah. And then Mm. that's the greatest. And I think that it's, I think there's a value as well in having a beloved protagonist who is voiceless. Yeah. Because so many people are. And I love all the nonverbal communication stuff in the Little Mermaid cartoon. Like she's pulling his arm, she's pointing, she's smiling. Like he, he has to not listen to her. He has to look at her. Yeah. Mm. He has to, you know, he has to learn who she is without words. Yeah. And he loves her anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But he's kind of distracted by hot Ursula. Yeah. Uh, but he does love her anyway. Oh, but like she roofies him with her magic shell. That's true. That's yeah. true. Magic you know, there's shell. that thing with the eyes. You know, if you take a sip of your drink and it's a bit salty, that's because it's a magic shell in it. Yeah. So you should not drink it. You should <laughs> put it down and go home immediately. Yeah. Um, no, uh, that's really interesting about the nonverbal stuff because nonverbal protagonists, I feel like I grew up, in, I grew up in a lot of cartoons like Tom and Jerry and stuff like that yeah. that didn't have any speaking. Mm, yeah. And having a nonverbal protagonist, like, I don't know, some of the best video games ever made where we have a nonverbal protagonist yeah. where you're just dealing with someone who isn't answering. Mm. There's a lot of... Um, or Wally Coyote and Roadrunner, which are the, the purest cartoons ever. Si- like yeah. silence, visual, silent visual communication. Mm. Mm. And uh, on one hand, you, you can obviously like slap a big fucking analysis of it that like she is she sacrifices her identity in order to uh, move into the, the the human world and she sacrifices her personality and her her, her voice mm. but she finds a way I guess. oh she's absolutely still herself she's yeah. so you know she's fallen over Loves she's forks. interested yeah. yeah you know um that scene where they go around the kingdom and she's like hey let's dance let's get mm. me a pirate hat let's get me some flowers let's get me whatever mm. these boots are yeah. you know um i'm gonna ride these horses over this cavern you know like she's still, oh, got yeah. she's still she's herself like, she's yeah. the boss without having to speak yeah yeah, that's true. And then that gave us the immortal love song "Kiss the Girl," which is which is a truly uh, truly amazing thing. Immortalized by Peter Andre. Uh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the yeah, the tunes, man. Like that that that's a really great one. I feel like when I was a child, that was always around the time in the film. I had like a like a recording of it, um, that I would be like, and it's gonna get sad in a minute, so we're gonna have to go back to the beginning <laughs> instead of watching the end. But um, I really like as well how um. Like it's Sebastian as well. Like yeah. he's presented as the court composer that um, Ariel messes up this big artistic piece that he wanted to present to everyone. Yeah. And he was so proud of it. And he was like, this is my finest work. And then later on, she inspires him to create this thing. Yeah. And he's he's really satisfied with himself, you know, and he's used his music to empathize with her. Yeah, so that their relationship is yeah. more complicated than just advisor. There's, yeah. there's more, there's a muse, a muse thing in there too. Yeah, and apparently his Jamaican accent is almost perfect. Really? Yeah, I was doing a bit of reading because I was like, you know, that feels a little problematic to me right <laughs> yeah. now. That feels uh, from the past. Yeah, <laughs> do you know, of its time. Of its time. Yeah, but apparently yeah. it's like almost good. Oh! Yeah, no, I've been to Jamaica. It's, it's yeah. definitely... You, you would believe it was a Jamaican person yeah. doing it, yeah. So well, they, well, they could find a French person, mm. couldn't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Sebastian remains kind of iconic at this point, like in the way that so many villains, so not so many villains, so many sidekicks from Disney yeah. slide mm. through the cracks. 
like Sebastian's like he's got the best he's got the best Disney song ever fucking written man do you know what I mean yeah and he's tiny but mighty he's tiny (laughs) he's tiny I am really nervous about this remake making him like a literal crab and I'll be like that's not charming cool great like a like like a tiny little yeah tiny little crab like how are they gonna do it well, they made they managed to ruin Lumiere and Cogsworth, so I'm yeah. sure they'll find a way to ruin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a CGI face, and it's Ewan <laughs> McGregor <laughs> again, and he's like, just, nah. just crabbing along and yeah. picking things up with his weird claws. Like, oh my god, it's it's going to be a shit show. But I'm going to watch it like yeah. eight times mm-hmm. and cry. It's going to be so good. So I think that's probably everything we're going to say today. What do you think? Do you have anything else you want to say? I still really like the Little Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep liking it. Yeah. Forever. It's such a huge text, and I feel like there's so much to talk about in it that you couldn't even cover it all in one second. No. Like it's mm-hmm. a it's a million pieces of a story and an yeah. epic. Um, but it's like there have been so many different versions of it. Like mm. um Carolyn Turgeon has a beautiful version of it. Um it's a novel. Oh, there's like there's so much space to put your own stamp on it. Mm. But it's really, really heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, it's and, love and pain, man. Yeah, yeah, and it breaks your heart in a different way as you, like, age. Yeah, it does. Mm. When you're a kid, it's just like, ah, oh, but when you're adult, you're like, it's a, it, yeah. the, the pain translates throughout ages. Will you keep writing mermaid stories? Of course I'll keep <laughs> writing mermaid stories. <laughs> and can I read them, please? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, then I think, I think we're done. Thank you so, so much. So thank you so much, Deirdre Sullivan. Yeah. Go buy needlework and go buy Tangleweed and Brian when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, go buy needlework and go buy Tangleweed and Brian when it comes out. Yeah, that's work. Cool. And thanks, Sarah. Bye. Thanks, Alan. And uh, oh, thanks. Ah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. 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 So that's the episode. Thanks again to Deirdre Sullivan. Author of the Prim and Proper Trilogy. And Needlework. And forthcoming uh, Tangleweed and Brian, all from Little Island uh, books. Tangleweed and Brian will be out in September. Yeah. And Raw Talent on Headstuff. Oh my the God. The greatest fake is... Danny Seal novel you've ever read. You should absolutely follow her at Proper Miss on Twitter because her when she live reads romance novels, it is the single greatest collection of tweets you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. So do give her a follow. Keep an eye on her. She's a remarkable So writer. we want to say thanks to Headstuff. Thank hosting you. us mm-hmm. thanks to Brian for producing us thanks to Dee McDonald for drawing for the beautiful pictures yeah and thanks to you for still being here just uh, subscribe and spread the word tell like one person who you think might have watched Little Mermaid at least once in their life to listen to this episode yeah that would probably work that's how word of mouth works I've yeah, heard yeah. that's how it works yeah so that's it thanks very much bye everybody We're doing the thing again, where we all take a breath at the same time. Edit this bit out. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.